I'm Elizabeth. I'm Natalie. And this is Simplicity Beckons Podcast. Listen in as we pursue living intentionally by editing out the things that distract, inhibit, or diminish the very best things in this life. Because we believe in redeeming the beauty of every day and discovering the joy that can be found when you narrow your focus to what really matters. Join the conversation. Because Simplicity Beckons. Today, we have the opportunity to speak with Brianne Rogers. Brianne is a busy mother, wife, writer, and photographer who has a passion for helping women in motherhood as they pursue documenting their personal stories through writing and photography. With help of her husband, Brianne created Harken, which is a platform where she focuses on helping others to find meaning in the mundane, identify God's faithfulness through their lives, and overcome the myth that you can't be both a parent and an artist. Whether you're in a season of motherhood or walking through just a completely different chapter of life, today's interview is one you do not want to miss. I hope you enjoy. Brianne, we are so excited to have you today on the Simplicity Beckons podcast. Thank you for joining us. I'm so glad to be here. Actually, this is my first official like podcast interview. I've never done anything like this before. So I'm really, really excited to get started. Yay. That's awesome. We are excited. I think I first stumbled on one of your social media accounts almost three years ago now. Wow. Wow. And since then, just like your words have given me such life and getting to hear your heart and you just always feel like a kindred spirit to me. So I'm so excited we get to chat and just share this evening together. Yes, I was really looking forward to it, honestly. Just, uh, I mean, I know it's like officially an interview. I guess that's what you could technically call it. But I was like, it's just hangout time. Like, it's just cool to hang out. (laughs) So... And for those listening in, we're actually doing this pretty late at night because we are all busy mamas and we had to get the kiddos to bed. So I know it's kind of a fun, special, like when you feel like you can breathe because the kids are quiet and you just get a chat. Yes. I'm so glad you guys were flexible in that area because uh, that was literally the only time I could do it. I was like, my husband is working night (laughs) shift right now, so he's not here. Um, And so I was like, that's it. That's after the kids go to bed, that's the only time I would be able to. We know what that's like. It's like, yes. they have to be like in another place yeah. sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, before we jump in too far, if you just want to introduce yourself and your family and maybe just share a little bit how God has used your story to lead you are to where you are today. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm Brianne and I'm married to Jonathan. We live in Northern Kentucky. It's like the very, very top of Kentucky. We're about half an hour from Ohio, and that's why we're in Cincinnati. So often you'll see that. Um, we live, Like I said, we live in Northern Kentucky, and we have a six-year-old. My six-year-old firstborn is Bear, and my three-year-old daughter is Scout. And uh, my husband works in a manufacturing job. It's very intense hours. He's gone like 16 hours a day. Um, and he works like alternating days and nights. And so like, we really don't have that much family time. And then I stay home with the kids and I operate, um, Harkin from home. So, um, I'm trying to think what else I would need to add (laughs) beyond that. That's pretty much, that's pretty much the little intro, the little blurb about us. Well, I have to say that I have a scout too. Oh, really? I didn't know that. That's awesome. (laughs) How How old is your scout? So she will be one in January at the beginning of January I love that I don't meet a lot of girls that are named Scout like no and it's there's no special uh 
story behind her name. Some people are like, is it after the To Kill a Mockingbird? And I'm like, I don't care if people think that. That's not why we named her Scout, but I love that people think that. But yeah, it was just a name that we liked. We were like, if we really like Scout, that was the I name love it. I love that name. And for me, it actually is because of To Kill a Mockingbird. Oh, I love that. I love yeah. that book. Yes. But I just... I'm obsessed with that name and I'm yes. so excited that I have finally have a little scout. So I know it's perfect. I love it. I loved it. And I love that you have a scout too. That's so special. I had no idea. So at Simplicity Beckons, we believe that ordinary people have extraordinary stories. We think that everybody's story deserves to be shared. Hmm. What encouragement or advice do you have for others, maybe specifically mothers who feel that their story either isn't worthy enough or maybe they just feel hesitant sharing their story. Um, I think, and I was thinking a lot about this question because this is a lot of what I, when I work with women specifically, this is something that comes up a lot for them. And one of the things they say is it's been said before, or I, someone else is already saying it better than the way I'm saying it. And I can relate to that so much because I used to struggle with that so much. But what helped me kind of get over that, that fear that my, my story wasn't worthy or my story wasn't worth listening to was listening to other people's stories. Like other women who were sharing about postpartum depression was how I was able to be like, oh, there's a name for that. <laughs> like I didn't know that I had postpartum depression. I didn't know what it was. And then other women, I found other people on social media and I found other vlogs where women were sharing their stories. And that's what set me on the path to healing from postpartum depression. Um, so whenever anyone is, comes to me and they're like, I just, I feel like my story is not worth listening to, or my story has been said before. I'm like, there's a quote by, um, I can't remember. I think it's Elizabeth Gilbert and I'm probably going to butcher it, but she was like, yeah, there's nothing new under the sun. Like you're not going to say anything new, but the time, the, the one time that you say it might be when someone needs to hear it. So go ahead and just say it like you're not going to say anything new, you know, like humanity has seen everything pretty much at this point and we're and there's not you're not going to say anything that's like new and relevatory really, but that's okay that you can admit that and move on and then say what this might be the time that someone else needs to hear it. And I think also when we when we do lean into telling our stories, it's not just for other people, it's for us too. Like when you learn to tell your own story, you, and even if no, and even if you don't have a social media following, even if you don't have a podcast or a blog, you're learning to trace God's faithfulness in your own life. And so that's, that's why I believe it's worth pursuing and worth going after. I think that is a really great reminder that I often need to hear because I think I get stuck on that comparison trap. And I'm like, well, her story is better, or I've already heard this over and over and over again. So why share it? But you're so right, because you never know who God might have placed in our lives that might be hearing it fresh for the first time. And it's just good to be reminded of that. Yeah, I mean, I have to, I have to preach that to myself, because it's, it's really easy to slip into comparison. And, um, I just, whenever I feel that sneaky little lie coming in, I tell myself like, or I remind myself of how many women have went before me and I've read their stories and I've benefited from that. And so I have to lean in and say, I, I might feel like someone could say it better, but they can't say they can't, it's not their story. It's my story. And I can tell it from my point of view. And that's valuable. Something that I feel like I hear people say, especially because I work in ministry is that they don't 
feel like they have a good enough testimony. Like um, they don't have an exciting enough testimony. Right. And I feel like I'm in an interesting place because I feel like I can identify with that for my upbringing in that, like, I didn't have anything really drastic or dramatic happen to me. I just grew up in a really loving God serving family as my example, but my adult years have been pretty action packed. So I feel like, (laughs) I feel like I can see both sides of that, but even in being able to open up and say like, look, like I don't have a, a dramatic, exciting testimony to share but God's always been faithful. I feel like even that sharing that can really meet somewhere, can really meet someone in a place where they can identify with that. And then you can connect with them in that way. Yes. Yes. That's so true. Like it's, and it's, and I can relate to what you said because I was like good girl, you know, like I grew up in a Christian home. I was the preacher's kid. There was no like big 180 turn of my testimony. Like I know people that have that. And I, there was a period in my life where I was like, am I even a Christian? Cause I didn't like, I didn't have like the Damascus road experience. (laughs) Like there was kind of this, um, steady, um, there was definitely a moment where I remember accepting Christ as my savior, but there wasn't a big, huge shift in my life uh, at that moment. Like I stopped doing drugs or I stopped this lifestyle, nothing like that. Um, but it was, um, yeah, like you said, that, 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 that quiet faithfulness that I was able to trace in my own story once I leaned into it, that made a huge difference. And I think it is that quiet faithfulness that then can preach and be so loud in our lives when we, like you said, Elizabeth, might have the action-packed adult life or be faced with those unexpected. Mm -hmm. Because I think for a lot of women specifically that have grown up in the church with similar testimonies and they have just been surrounded by a great support system when the first real kind of hard wave of life hits, it can just feel like it blindsides you out of nowhere. Like, wait, this wasn't supposed to be my story. You know, like I've heard people say that and yet God is still good, even in that hardship. Yeah. And it is supposed to be your story. You know, there's a reason for it. Definitely. And uh, that's why it's so important to um, what I teach in Harkin and what I work with the women, uh, I teach them how to like raise Ebenezer's because God told the Israelites, like, put this in the ground, bring your children back here and tell them what I did, because I know you're going to (laughs) forget. So that's what I believe is so important. And when we do, um, when we do tell our stories, we are raising those Ebenezer's and that's so powerful. Hmm. So I know one thing you share a lot about is, is this idea of missional motherhood and being able to kind of fill these various roles, you know, hearing about you do a lot, you have a lot on your plate of juggling being a mom and a wife and your husband works crazy hours and you are leading all of these women. So how do you feel like mothers can embrace a life of creativity while still juggling all of those roles? Because it can be a challenge. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a challenge. And I don't, and I don't try to sugarcoat that and say like, I don't think there's like a formula, like it's just magically easier. Now you figured it out. It's not going to be a struggle. Um, I think it is a struggle, but it's a good fight. And um, I think that like the how of that, that's kind of a difficult question to to answer because I think it's all interconnected. And what I mean by that is um, I'm trying to think how to sum it up in a way that makes sense. When I'm being a more, I'll just use myself as an example. When I'm being a more, when I'm being intentional about being present with my children, that shows up in my writing and my photography. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be the, and this is not, I'm not saying that 
motherhood is the only way to grow as an artist because that's not true. But for me personally, my writing and my photography reached in, like incredible levels of depth and authenticity that would not have been possible for me personally as a single person without kids. Um, and that's not the case for everybody. That's just my personal story. I leaned into where God, the season God had me in at the time and that grew my artistry, that grew my writing and my photography. And then I think when we're leaning into our artistry, that makes us more um, joyful in our motherhood. And for me personally, that I'm a writer and I'm a photo photographer. And what I do is I document my story. And so I use, um, I discipline myself to be present and to notice and to slow down so that I can then write about it. Because if you're not paying attention, you can't tell the story. And so it allows me to, um, I love that there's a quote from Ann Voskamp that says, you, and again, I don't have the like exact quote, but it was, a, it was a quote that really changed my life as a young mom, like when I first had kids, because what you hear when you have little kids is it all goes by so fast. And it does in some ways. But Ann Voskamp talked about you can't slow down time, but you can enter into the current of it and weight yourself down in the current. And it's it, you can't slow down time. It's like a river. It's not going to stop, but you can slow down in it. And the way you weight yourself down is by being present in that moment. And so um, that shows up in my writing and my photography. So they kind of play off of each other. And I think if you, if you, if you're like, how am I supposed to be, you know, a present mother, a, a thriving artist? How am I going to juggle all these things that I need to do? I think you first need to pray and ask God for wisdom because there's definitely been seasons, and I share about this, I share about this all the time, where God has asked me to put my writing and my photography aside and just mm -hmm. to be a mom, and that's okay and that's good. But God doesn't waste that. It's not like God um, completely removed that from my life. He was just asking me to grow as a person. Like, don't worry about outputting creativity right now. You're going to grow as a person. And then that's going to show up when you do return to your photography, when you do return to your writing, it's going to be from a deeper place. It's going to be from a more rich place because you chose to be present in your mothering. Does that make sense? I hope that I'm kind of like, I hope I'm not rabbit trailing too much, but I want to make sense with all that. But. How you're phrasing it is just so beautiful because I think it is relatable. And I like that you are reminding people that you don't have to be a mother to be in this season, hmm. but whatever season you're in that God has placed you in to lean in all the way. Yeah. And I have, I have women in her shadows and stars who aren't moms who, um, are specifically just feeling burned out by whatever season they're in. It doesn't have to be um, mothering specifically. So yeah, I do have several women that uh, are either newlyweds or they're single and they have come to the community and they've benefited from it too. So I really love that you brought that up um, because I feel like, especially moms that listen to podcasts are hearing from a lot of people that are doing things like writing books, have like running blogs, having, you yeah. know, obviously podcasts and something that I really want our listeners to understand is that just because maybe you're not in a season where you're doing all those things doesn't mean that what you're contributing to your family, to your life is any less worthy. Because like you said, sometimes God asks us to walk through seasons where we have to be focused on literally what's right in front of us. Yes. And, you know, we don't have a lot of bandwidth for creativity, but I also just want to say that I don't think just because you haven't done it doesn't mean you won't. Right. 
Yes, that's very important. Because I, I think um, sometimes, as I don't know if it's just me or my personality, I kind of get in an all or nothing. Like once I lay it down, I'll never be able to pick it up. Or once I, um, you know, once I give that up, it's never going to return. And I, I just don't think, I, I know God doesn't waste things and it might not return how you pictured it. It might not return how you envisioned it, but God is in the business of redeeming broken things or things that need healing. That's what God does. And I think when we, I'm not saying it's easy to surrender to his timing in that. It's not right. at all, but it is, there is hope in that surrender. Even if it's painful, there's, there's hope at the end of it because you're saying God, God's not going to waste it. Even if I have to put it down for now. I love that. And I think it's so true. Yeah. Yeah. And trusting his timing that it's not forever. Yeah. Cause I do remember like when I had my son, I went from working I mean, over full-time crazy hours. And then I was a stay-at-home mom and it just felt like such a smack in the face at first, like having this, you know, huge difference. And there were days that it was like, oh my gosh, this is my life from here on out forever. You know, like I'm never going to be able to watch a movie without a screaming baby. And it's easy to like fall in that mentality instead of really embracing it of no, like God has me here for now and it's not forever. Like there's a purpose. Yeah, a purpose. I I always tell like, uh, I tell my husband all the time, I'm like, I can do hard things. I just can't do I I get really frustrated easily if I have to do a hard thing. And I don't know what the reason is. Like, sometimes Mm -hmm. I can be like that annoying person in the group that's like, hey, why are we doing this? I'll do it. I'll scrub toilets all day if you want me to. But what is the reason? What's the purpose? I have to know that to like, have motivation. And so that that carries into when I'm in hard seasons, I'm like, if it's going to be hard, I can do it you know, by God's grace, I can do this, but please let there be a purpose to this. And so trying to preach that to myself and remind myself that God, God doesn't waste things. That's great. Can you share with us more about Harkin and your heart for, for helping people? Yes. Harkin is, um, it's like the overarching brand that me and my husband work on together. And, um, the purpose of Harkin is to work with people who are artists, specifically writers and photographers, like sometimes we work with painters or that work in other art forms, but specifically our wheelhouse is writing and photography. So working with people who are, who are writers and photographers who are also parents. And so they feel like their artistry and their parenthood is kind of at odds. Like one of them has to suffer for the other one. And it's just, it's, they feel that pain. And so, um, Harkin, Right now, the only offering we have from Harkin is to work with women. I work with women who are in the little years of motherhood. We want to grow Harkin to where we would have like in-person retreats or um, more specific workshops that are like for husband and wife teams. But for right now, Harkin um, specifically works with um, women in the little years of motherhood, which is through my creative mentorship, which is called Her Shadows and Stars. And so there's kind of, I hope that makes sense. Like there's two, uh, it's like an umbrella is Harkin. And then underneath it, the first thing would be her shadows and stars. And so we would try to work with people who are in that intersection of like, I am an artist. I believe God's called me to that. And I want to know how to use it for his glory, but I'm also a parent. And I think in, um, in the, in Christianity, sometimes we can gauge how good of a parent we are by how much we're giving up. And I don't think that's the right gauge. <laughs> I don't think that's mm-hmm. going to get you anywhere. I, parenthood, motherhood does require sacrifice. And that's a good thing. And that's a holy thing. And, but, and it's, it's, but it's not something like we just talked about a minute ago. 
it's not something that's a dead end. It's something that God uses to grow you as an artist. And I think, um, I think a lot of women are just kind of stuck in that fog of like, I know I have a story and I know I want to share it and I know I, I want to speak, but motherhood is completely wiping me out. And so that's where her shadows and stars comes in and is like, listen, you don't have to sacrifice artistry on the altar of motherhood. And you don't have to feel crushing mom guilt. If you want to pursue your artistry, they can go hand in hand. And that's what her shadows and stars does. Wonderful. <laughs> yeah, and I have like all these questions in my head. Maybe for those listening, how often do you offer her shadows and stars? And like, what does that look like? It's, um, it's a six week program and I'm only currently, I'm only able to offer it once or twice a year. Um, but once you enroll, you get lifetime access. And so it's not, it is a six week, there are six weeks of live classes, but there's also written lessons and like worksheets and there's a, um, private Facebook community and that kind of stays active all the time. There's like, like six, it's like a six week intensive, like we're going to work specifically for six weeks. But then after that, if you can't come to the live classes or we've had women like literally join and then somebody in their family passed away or they had an unexpected move or things like that. So they've had to just watch the live classes later because they're all recorded and, and watch later. And then we've had women that have taken the course two times because they, they were at a different season in motherhood and they wanted to go back through the course again. And so they work at it, like work on it in their own pace without me. Um, so yeah, I'm only able to offer it once or twice a year right now because it is so intense and it is so in depth and I do like show up all the way and like walk women through this. And so, um, and right now it's just me and my husband. We don't have, we don't have childcare. We don't have, I don't have a virtual assistant. I don't have anything like that. So right now it's, we ha kind of have to keep it small, but I like that because I actually get to work one-on-one -on -one with the women. So it's good. That's really neat. It's like exciting to hear that there are resources like this out there. Yes. <laughs> to yes. like, you know, yeah. that's great. And for those listening, we will make sure in our show notes to link kind of your website, your social media, everything. So if they're interested, they can kind of yeah, learn more and start follow, following yeah, when, along. Yeah. When I don't have, um, when I don't have enrollment open, I have like a little email, they can put in their email and they can get on the wait list if they want to just have more information of when it does open up. One thing we love asking all of our guests is what's something you're simplifying in your life right now? That was a question I was like pondering all day. I was like, what am I simplifying right now? And honestly, what kept coming up for me was simplifying my expectations because, um, because of 2020 <laughs> and just how insane it's been. And just the, the, and also the season of life that we're in with our kids, um, with homeschool. And um, where this is, we, we did kindergarten kind of last year. And then this is like his bears first official, like first grade year. And so it's a little bit more structured and a little bit more on purpose than kindergarten is. And so what that means is I, I, we have to get really clear on our expectations and something I like to, I like to tell moms when they're like becoming new moms or they have little babies. I'm like, don't say lower your expectations. Cause that sounds so negative. I'm like, just simplify it. Like you're going to be able to move forward if you simplify your expectations. So I'm, I'm in a season of that. I don't have little babies, but I am in a season of, 
I'm, you know, running a business. I'm uh, homeschooling a first grader and my husband is right there beside me as much as he can. I, I want to make clear that I don't, I'm not like this one woman show. <laughs> like I literally could not do this without my husband's support. But um, yeah, simplifying expectations about what our life has to look like right now, because 2020, and I'm sure many people can relate, it just kind of, we had certain plans that we thought we were going to move forward with. And it was like, nope, that's off the table. That's off the table. And that's off the table. It was like, nope. And so um, just simplifying my expectations about what the season needs to look like. And then as much as like, I get sad about that in some ways, it also is like relieving because it's like, okay, we thought we were going to do five things and now we can only do two things like that's, and it's, it's relieving in that way. Does that make sense? I hope that makes sense. Oh yeah, I can relate to that. Like knowing that it's fully out of your control. Like a lot of 2020 you've had no choices with and it's just kind of, you just have to trust God and it is kind of relieving in a way because it's like, well, God's going to open up whatever door is going to open up for this year and I just have to trust that. Yeah, because I I, I think when I buy into that, like um, a lot of people call it like the hustle culture. Like if you just work hard enough, you can build the life you want. And I like, I'm like, I see your heart and I know, like, I can see how that, where that came from. And it probably came from a good place, but then life happens or 2020 happens. And it doesn't matter how hard you're working or how diligent you're being. You just have to be like, oh, well that didn't work out. (laughs) So God closed that door and it's not easy, but yeah. And when I do, like you said, when I do, um, lean into, you know, God shut that door or God is, is put, pressing a pause button on that certain thing in my life. There, There's hope in that and there's rest in that instead of striving so much. Yeah. I think 2020 has been a, a healthy dose of perspective and reality. And like you said, just forced simplification of so yeah. many things. Yes. Yes, for sure. And there's hard, but there's good. Yeah, very much. And then it kind of circles back to what we talked about earlier of, you know, God, God's in the business of redeeming. And we don't, as Christians, we don't have to look at that stripping away season as the end. It's Mm -hmm. just a different beginning that God is is bringing us into. And I don't want to sound like a fortune cookie. (laughs) It's like, it's not the end, it's the beginning. So yeah. But we need that reminder, especially at the end of 2020 and people are jaded. Like it's good it's refreshing to hear that reminder to keep hoping is, is Mm -hmm. something that doesn't come natural to me. I'm a very, I'm a pessimistic person. I'm a realistic person. Well, I shouldn't say realistic. It's it's pessimistic. I, I, because I'm trying to protect myself. So hope for me often feels really dangerous. It doesn't feel safe Mm -hmm. because if I start hoping, I'm like, but that could get taken away. And my husband has always been the optimist. He's always like, well, it might happen. So let's just, why, we don't know what's going to happen. And he's, he's helped me to like, just be hopeful and be um, courageously hopeful, I guess is a better way to put it. Well, I feel like as a society, we just, we haven't had to be very creative mm-hmm. or we haven't had to adapt yeah. our lives very much. So it's like, we have had all these opportunities this year to adapt and be creative and all these things we thought we could never do. Like all the people that said they could never homeschool or, you know, they could never, I could never work from home. It's like, well, guess what? (laughs) You have to. Yeah. And that's, and that's, uh, there, there is a, I think it's important to like hold space for the grief of that. Like, Oh my, I didn't think this was what it was going to be like. But, um, at some point you have to, um, 
I don't know if anybody, I'm quoting so many people, but there's a, it's a, it's like a two minute video on YouTube and it's John Piper talking about, um, what does he say? Occasionally weep deeply for the life that you thought you were going to have and then mm. get up, wash your face and live the life that God has given you. And that has something that's kept me, like kept me going. It's like, allow yourself to grieve, allow yourself to be sad about how that turned out and then get up, wash your face and and say, okay, God, <laughs> what do you have for me right now? That's so good. And it's so relevant, I think, for, for pretty much everybody right now. Yeah. Because so many things have not gone. Like people haven't got to have the wedding they always planned. They didn't get to go on that trip they've been saving for for five years. Yeah. You know, they didn't get to have their graduation or they didn't get to, oh, you know, all these things. So I yeah. feel like, I feel like that, that, quote can really speak to all all of us right now yeah yeah it does it, it, it's, a, it's a quote I keep coming back to when things get hard it's it's and it's I love it because it's not the the toxic pox um toxic positivity that's just mm-hmm. like it's good you know you're a Christian you should have hope you should have joy all the time and I'm like I agree but there's also space for grieving and I think that's yes. important too yeah grieving but still like having this realm of protection of like not getting lost in your grief. Yes. Yes. That, that, yeah. that too, because yeah, that's the other side of it is like, just give up. There's no hope. God's forgotten mm-hmm. you, that kind of thing. So. Well, and I think as we step into 2021, we all have the hope that we're going to kind of just move forward and mm-hmm. embrace the new normal because we know like things are never going to go back to exactly how they were. We live in a new world now, but like you said, we can grieve the old world, but it's time for us to, to cry it out, wash our faces and move forward with what's next because there's new things coming. Yes, there is. There's new things coming. I love that. That's really important to to remember right now. I'm trying to see what my cat's doing back there. She's sneezing and carrying on. (laughs) So cute. (laughs) well I feel like we could talk all night I know getting to talk and just I don't know be real and kind of share where we're at and yeah it's been a lot of fun yeah I've loved it I've loved being able to do this and um so thank you so much for reaching out and sending me the invite like I felt completely honored by that like I said this is my first Mm -hmm. podcast interview and so and it's went it's went really good you've made me want to do it again (laughs) you've got good stuff going on I think (laughs) I hope more and more people can find you Mm -hmm. and get plugged in because I think exactly what you're doing can serve so many people because we all have some sort of gift that God has given us that we can be using to honor him and I think that we have to go through quite a process to get to the point where we're we're willing to move forward with it and embrace it and not let all of the all the naysaying that we have going on in our heads get in the way of that so I love what you're doing and I think that I think that it can help a lot of people I know that we always ooh and ah about our guests on our show but I really do believe that each and everyone holds a special place in this space and represent something kind of cool. Brienne is certainly not the exception. In fact, her interview is one of my very favorite ones so far. After jumping off the call with Brienne, I immediately texted Natalie just the word lovely. And even now, 
listening back, I can't get over what a genuinely lovely person she is and how sweet this conversation was, especially considering that we were all complete strangers coming into it. I love how Brienne connects storytelling and art and pairs that with the desire to help people strike the balance of pursuing art and the expression of it while also striving to be very present and how really these things aren't at odds and actually add more and more value to each other as we pursue them both. I'm coming out of this conversation even more convinced than ever that storytelling is a form of art. And I hope that after listening to this, you can also just really ponder that and think about how either reflecting on your story or sharing your story might just really bless someone.